This is Ben Guest, and I'm here with three of my USC classmates, Kirsten Vanderbilt, Ant Roberson, and Red Coltrane. And we have just finished our first year in the MFA program. So the MFA program at USC in film, film production is three years. And the first year you do class called 507. And when we finished that last semester, the four of us did a recap and shared lessons learned with that. And then the second semester you do 508, which is this big class where you work in trios and each of you makes a film that you write and direct. And then for one of your trio mates, you're the cinematographer. And for the second trio mate, you're the producer and editor. Through this semester and through 508, you get experience doing a bunch of different aspects of filmmaking and you make your short film that, that you write and direct. And we just had our screenings this past weekend at this huge theater, the Frank Sinatra Theater at Norris, or Frank, Frank, Frank Sinatra Stage at Norris Theater at USC. And there was a great crowd and great response. And it's so cool seeing your, your friends and your classmates work up on the big screen. So primarily want to gear this towards current USC students, current 507 students who are about to start 508. And we can share some knowledge and lessons learned and talk about our experience. So let's dive in. First question I have, what was most surprising about 508? I would say the amount of time that you spend with your trio. I knew that it was going, going in being a collaborative process and that you'll be rotating roles. You'll be working with your trios on the script and pre-production production, post-production, but I think just most surprisingly how much time we spend together and how much time we spend on working on production design. I, I know for me, I was with my trio almost every day and versus 507, yeah, you're in those classes with them, but you may not see them in the afternoon. <laughs> you may right. not see them on the weekend or you may see them the week after to gear up for E2 or E3. Right. Um, it's, it's not only how much time you spend with your trio mates, but how little you see of everybody else, yes. especially in the greater class. Like you see people in your section, but the overall cohort, you rarely, for me, like I rarely saw many people because you're so, there's so much tunnel vision working with your trio. Exactly. Red, what was surprising for you? I felt like it was surprising to see how much a film could change from dailies to picture lock. Like, especially even in the middle there, like from like rough cut to full cut. So basically the way it works is you have dailies and then there's four cuts after that, a rough cut, a full cut, a fine cut, and then you have picture lock. And then after that you have sound design. But in between each of those cuts, you get notes from your teachers, from your class mates and it was just shocking to me. I feel like in 507, you film a movie, you edit it, and then you screen it, and that's it. And I feel like there, it, there was, it was very final. Every time you would screen a movie in 507, it was like, this is it. And in 508, in dailies, sometimes the dailies might not be the best thing, right? Like you might see it and you think it's a little rough, and the rough cut even also might be a little... And you might give up on a movie. You might think, I don't think this is going to get to a level. And then it's just very impressive and surprising. And I think it was illuminating even to see 
how much could change in between each cut. And so that was really exciting for me to see. And I also think that just kind of underscored the power of editing. Like there is no movie until you start editing that footage. And so that was what I was most surprised by. 100%. And I want to come back to dailies in a second. And what was most surprising to you? Kirsten talked about relationships of the collaborators that you have in this, this specific course and Red spoke to the actual artistic value of surprise that this class entailed. But I'm, I, I think the biggest surprise to me had to do with the workflow and how much overlap each assignment had on the other, whether that was your assignment or the one that you were DPing or the one that you were producing the editing. I think the line, other than P1, other than the, the line of being able to focus on the next task or the spectrum of focusing on the next task, finishing the task that you already started or the film that you already started while focusing on another, the film that you, you're getting ready, the film that you already ended or, or the process is just different from what you're, you're, you're getting started going forward, I think was a very interesting and surprising experience for me because one, I think all of us will be working on a thousand things at once. And the fact that we were able to do so in this class at a high level for each other, for classmates outside, I know we all had family and personal lives. And we talked about balance last time, which I, I kind of harped on for myself this semester, trying to balance everything and, and somewhat successfully balancing a lot of it and, and still learning, of course, but the surprise of that aspect that even when you think you're done, there's always still work to be done was kind of very surprising, but at the same time, satisfying because every film got made. Mm -hmm. There was no film that, that did not get made out of 508. That means everybody successfully handled the overlap. And, and knowing so now, I wish I wouldn't have put, I, but, but I think it's a happy balance between pressure and pressure mm -hmm. of, of saying, I gotta get this done, or this is life and death, and this, that, and the third and kind of relaxing, knowing that the process is organic and it's gonna work itself out just like it did for last semester 508, just like it did for this semester 508, just like it did for the next semester 508. So there's a happy balance between knowing things is gonna be all right and also kind of this is life and death. And that right. I think is a, a, is a fine a fine balance that is, that is unique in itself. And very right. surprising to me. Yeah, you know, I wanna to come back point, to that yeah. as well. Go, go ahead, Kirsten. Yeah, to your point, Anne, about balance, I found very surprising how little I had time to carve for myself or to take in like things that I love, hobbies. I know coming into 508, there were many student experiences and telling us, oh, you won't have time for anything. You won't have time to date, to go to the movies or do whatever you want. And I found that somewhat true because of the demand of the workflow. But they, it, it's very important to carve out that balance and self-care for yourself because it can get overwhelming. You're spending so much time with your trio and you, there's other, there's other things around 508, but I think that was one of the surprises, how little I had time to do things for myself and how invested I was in like everyone's film. Right. And I think there's so much pressure or there can be so much pressure that students put on themselves to create something worthwhile. And I almost think USC doesn't address that correctly. I remember getting an email from, from USC, maybe it was health services or something, but it was like, 
it was geared towards SCA students. And if you're feeling stressed out and you're too busy, here are a couple of workshops that we offer. And I remember looking at that email and saying, like, I don't have time to go to any of these workshops. So I sort of, well, I want to come back to it because I, it plays into the social aspect. But I want to follow one thing you said, Ant, with the o overlapping, all of the overlapping work between P1, P2, and P3. Knowing what we know now, would you want to, Ant, would you want to go P1? I think you were P2, you were actually P2. Would you want to go P1, P2, or P3 if you could do it again? I stay exactly where I'm at. That wouldn't change it. That wouldn't change a thing. Interesting. Why? P1, I think you already can speak to this. The, the, you guys didn't, you guys got thrown right into the fire. You guys didn't really get time to workshop. I, in my opinion, you guys didn't get that much time to workshop your script before you were in your first weekend of production, which was what, weekend two? You guys were, were, were shooting your first week. And I get that we had the summer, but I, I feel like this class requires a different kind of story structure, com considering how much help you receive and how much, yeah, pretty much how much help you can receive and in, 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 in how moments really, if you really want to pace out your story in a way that's kind of fitting and not rushed for as big as, as big as our minds really are toward telling some people their second story at USC. And we need some type of overlying structure that the professors know that they didn't give you guys in a week. Interesting. Okay. Had, so I had it. Go ahead. And we, we just, I, I just feel like, and then just like getting your feet wet within the structure of the class outside of your story is a, is a, a different ball game in itself. And, and also, and also some of the foundations of what you learn in 508, as far as cinematography, as far as directing, as far as editing, sound, or not even just as a director, but I, I feel like your classmates know more in P2 and in P3 so that they can help assist your vision better in those reins. But then again, P3, I think everybody's burnt out. So Okay, so let's, this is interesting. So Red, you were P1. How do you feel? Yeah, I also would not change. I would stay in P1. All valid reasons you just gave, Ant. 100%, <laughs> all those things. It's great that everyone else has a little bit more skill. They're, they like you said, their feet are wet. Like, we know what we're doing. And I appreciated that by P2, I just feel like my trio, we were in a rhythm. Like, everyone mm. definitely knew what they were doing at P2, which was different from P1, where we're kind of just all right, just scramble, just trying, just trying really to figure it out. That being said, I liked P1 because we were all fresh mm. right off the summer. And I was grateful for the opportunity to be the director that is like, all right, trio, let's come together. Let's be a yeah. team. Like I was grateful to be the person to motivate our team to like come together on one vision. Um yeah. And I, we had such a positive experience during P1 that it just set the tone for the rest of the semester. And, and that isn't to say we didn't have any hiccups or anything, but it did go extraordinarily well for P1. And we just, all three of us were like, let's keep this momentum for the next two projects. Things did start to break down as people got more tired, but that is to be expected. I definitely wouldn't have changed from P1. I think the other thing that's nice about 
it being at the beginning of the semester and people don't really know, like we don't, we don't have the skills that we would have if, you know, that we had later on in the course. What's nice is that it forced us to keep it simple, right? The best 508s, I think, are just simple. You don't want to get distracted. Like, it was like, we, we have this new camera. We're just trying to find these locations. Let's just do good story, good shots, call it a day, right? Like, let's not try. I remember for P3, for example, we used a lot of equipment that we did not use in P1 or P2. And it was just like, it's because we could do it. We felt more confident in using that equipment. But if we were trying to do the amount of prep just for equipment that we were doing for P3 in P1, it just would have fallen apart. And so I appreciate that I was the first to go. and our team just worked well. So I would stay in P1. I think it was great. And yeah, if I was directing in P3, I, there's no way, there's no way. I was way too tired this month, way too tired. This, this is so interesting because I was, Red and I were in the same section and I was also mm -hmm. P1. I think the pro move is P3. Kirsten, mm -hmm. what, were you P2 or P3? I'm P2 and I agree with everything. I think for me, Coming in, cinematography was something that was an area of growth for me. And I had two trio mates who were skilled with the camera. And so just learning from them in P1 and in P2, when it came to cinematography in P3, I was more prepared. And we have already had like cinematography meetings. We had eight classes already in learning the FX6, as well as learning about lighting and like techniques. So I was more confident going into P3 with cinematography. If I would have done like P1 cinematography, I've, I've probably been like a mess, but I, I did enjoy P2 allowing to find a rhythm. But I think the drawbacks to P2 is that, I think Ant, you speak to that, that transitional piece because you are editing and then you are trying to direct at the same time. And it's, you're trying to find a balance between, okay, do I finish? editing first and then I focus on directing P2 or do I try to do it at the same time but I know for P3 you just didn't have enough time and like everyone said everyone's kind of tired everyone's like okay I'm ready to get this over with <laughs> but it's important to I think to find a way to give you that momentum but I, I wouldn't change I, I think I'll stay with P2. It, it's so interesting <laughs> to hear you say that CV because one of the things that popped out to me with your trio with the films was the p3 film june's confession mm -hmm. which you were the dp for i thought the cinematography was fantastic I agree. So, I agree. so that's also like i think that's reassuring for 507 and future 508 students to hear of you can go in not knowing how to do something even in 508 not really feeling confident at all and you just work hard learn and and create excellent work and what were you going to say? Yeah, I'm, I'm going I'm to speak to, I'm, I'm going to give, I'm going to use Kirsten as an example of leaning into your insecurities as a filmmaker in this specific course. I wish, and, 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 and it was a good thing because I learned that a base knowledge and everything really helps. And thank you. Thank, I thank, I'm, I'm, I'm extremely thankful that I, I took last semester to really kind of understand each facet. And so I was able to kind of add on to some tools and stuff like that. And, I kind of played in a safe to a certain degree, but somebody who inspired me to kind of let loose and try stuff and really lean into stuff that I was kind of had a guard over was Kirsten because of her kind of 
courage and leaning into the things that she was scared of. Like for for camera workshops, when they when a DP wouldn't speak up, you know how in, in the class or actual classes, we needed a, a workshops rather, cinematography workouts, we needed a DP and it was quiet. Kirsten was the one to step up, even though, like she said, she was a little nervous about cinematography. And I think that reflected through June's confession when she had to be the cinematographer of being able to step up and and create something that was really visually compelling like that shot under the 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 plastic yeah that that was a beautiful shot and I think it really spoke (laughs) to the moment but I know you 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 were asking questions about framing whether you should use a 50 or 85 for moments of close of intimacy and you learn that and you use that 85 and really bought it and punched in that 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 death of field to to capture that moment, which was beautiful. And I think it was a beautiful moment. And same thing with the sound design as well. And I remember she was stressing out. She was stressing <laughs> out, stressing out in the in the labs. But you know, your your film sounded amazing, especially with the ADR that you had to do and replace it. And I think you you should be very proud. And I would commit, I would recommend that anybody who is nervous about a specific topic lean into that in this course definitely. hard definitely hard. this is the time 100%. to mess around 100 yep. percent. and okay this is why i think p3 is the pro move and i'm going to reveal a huge secret at least for for our trio but i noticed it on on other trios who, as well i think it's pretty uh, p3? universal p3 was ziki ziki was okay. p3 switch cool. was p2 That's so cool. here's why i think p3 is the pro move one like Ant said, at P3, everybody knows what they're doing. And two, you have experience seeing through the fine cuts in your section and through the shoots, kind of what works and what doesn't work. So I think that that's a huge advantage. And if you're smart during the summer break or the holiday break, depending what semester you start, if you really workshop your script. So I think if you're trying to like workshop your script halfway through 508, that's when it gets tough because everybody's so busy. You're not, even the faculty are super busy. You're not going to get as much feedback, but if you can take advantage of the break and workshop your P3 script and then go into it with like crew knowing exactly what to do, you know how to get locations, you know how to get cast, da, 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 no problem. But here's the huge caveat slash secret. If you have a good undergrad crew that's moving through P1, P2, and P3 with you, in, in my experience, undergrad crew like that's the secret to these films getting made and i know in in my trio none of our films would have gotten made without the outstanding undergrad crew we had and most of them were freshmen and so just one last piece of advice on this i think the best way to pick up crew like in the ideal world you pick up crew for p1 and it's such a good experience for them that they just want to move through p2 and p3 with you and what will happen is at the beginning of the semester people will send out like these either on the, they'll post on the WhatsApp group or they'll send like a, a mass email saying, Hey, this project coming up, Ben Guest is shooting this film and we'd love for undergrad crew. And I think the hit rate off of that is pretty low, but if you get the list, I think it's on the community, you can get the list and like individually email everybody who signed up to potentially work crew on a shoot. And then just like just an individual email to each person. Hey, Ant, I noticed you're interested. We're shooting this weekend. Would love to have you. Da 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 da. The the hit rate of an individual communication is so much higher, 
And then the key is you got to make it a good experience for them. So it's not just, hey, move this, move that. But like, this is what we're doing. Take a look at this shot. Take a look at how we do sound. Make it a learning experience. And then if you can move through P1, P2, and P3 with three or four really great undergrads, then it's set. If you were going to do P3 just with your trio and everybody else is burnt out and no one wants to work with you because it's such a pain in the ass and it's a, a bad vibe, then you're fucked. <laughs> I think P3 with no help, that is really tough. But as long as you got good undergrad crew, I think P3 is the pro move. I just it's dope, it's dope because there's, oh, go ahead, Red. Please. There, there's, there was, what's exciting about it is that I think this medium allows every answer, every P to be right for somebody. Right. Yep. And, and I think, I think that's the same. You speak, you look on Wikipedia for somebody's journey, how they became the great, a great filmmaker is different around the, the, the border of, of, of success. So like, I, 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 there's no wrong P there's just, there's an approach that if you're serious, you take a serious approach, you'll get the best out of the class. So I, I, I it's exciting to hear that every P1, P2, P3, that you guys feel the same that you've gotten the most out of the, the class and that there's a way to get out of it. <laughs> there's, a, yes. there's a way to get out of it. Definitely. Red, what were you going to say? No, I, Ant took the words right out of my mouth. I agree. Go in. Okay, I want to come back to something Red said, which is about the dailies and how much it changes in the edit. And there was something, this is a thought I had with dailies. I think dailies can actually be a little bit, a little problematic sometimes because I get the sense that sometimes when people are shooting, it's this idea of, I want to win the daily. Cause you watch the dailies and sometimes there's a great shot. And if there's a really great shot, at least in our section, people would applaud. I almost feel like it, it, it's a little bit of a, the wrong reinforcement, right? Because obviously at the end of the day, what we want to do is tell an engaging story, but I'll give you an example from a shoot that I helped out on and our directing professor, Jose, he mentioned in class, one time he didn't like, I think it was, he didn't like actors with their hands in their pockets. Mm -hmm. And so we were setting up a shot and the actor naturally, the way he moved, he had his hands in his pocket and it looked right. It looked right for the scene. It looked right for the shot. And I remember the director on set saying, so you know what, actually, could you take your hands out of your pockets? Our directing professor doesn't like hands in pockets. And so that was a decision made because in the dailies, maybe Jose is going to say, you know what, why would you have the actor with his hands in his pocket? Rather than thinking in the finished film, in the story I want to tell, in the way this actor is performing, this naturally looks better. So I feel like there's a, a little bit of pressure sometimes to, to quote unquote, win the dailies. And Red did something that was so important, I think, in, in our section. So we're watching P1 dailies, watching Red's dailies. And there's a shot that's cropped in a way that you wouldn't necessarily normally crop a shot. It's within a classroom and some of the students, their heads are a little bit cut off. And as the dailies are screening, the cinematography professor and maybe someone else said, is this cropped correctly? Did you? And Red said, this is how I want it. This is how I want it. And just to stand up in that moment and say, this is what, this is exactly what I wanted to do. Even if you don't think it's hundred percent correct, this is what I wanted to do. That's the balance of 508 of knowing when to take a note from the faculty and when to stick to your guns of this is my vision. This is what I want. And if I make a mistake, it's going to be my mistake. Yeah. I think uh, well, one, it, thank you for bringing that up. It's funny. I just feel like 
we have professors and their job is to give us feedback and they're going to tell us what they have from their experience. Here's what does work. Here's what does play on screen. Here's what doesn't play on screen, et cetera, et cetera. And as a student, of course, you want to please your professors, right? You want to get good feedback from your professors. And it's easy to fall into a trap where you're on set, like, okay, my directing professor doesn't like this. But I guess my advice would be to remember that these, your professors really, actually, in in your credits, it's going to say faculty advisors. These people are Mm -hmm. advising you. They are not assigning exactly what you are supposed to do with your movie, right? They're going to give you advice as an advisor does. You take it or you don't. And so I think it's a mistake for any director to be in class thinking like, or excuse me, be in class, be on set thinking, I might want this this way, but I know my this might upset my professor, so I'm not going to do that. That's a mistake. You're not making your movie anymore. And so I also kind of want to speak to this thing about quote unquote winning the dailies. I don't know. This is more of a bigger thing on like competition in general, not just at this school, but since we're talking about this program, I in general think like, if your concern is I want the best dailies, then you're not, you're focused on the wrong thing. It's, this is, if you, I just feel like you want to make your movie, that should be your focus. And if your movie happens to get good reviews during dailies, that's a plus, but you should be happy that you got what you wanted to get. Do your dailies look how they, how you want them to look? I, like in that moment, for example, in P1, I remember shooting it and thinking, I don't know what the, what the hell are these professors going to say about this shot, but I know they're going to say something because it's weird, but I like it. And then they did. And I was like, this is what I want. And then immediately following that, they're like, we love that you stood up and said that that's what you want. And it's, I think that's the important thing is that you should just be making your movie for you. Are you nervous in that moment, Red? No, not, I, well, okay, actually, of course, this was the first dailies of the entire semester, right? So I was just, my whole trio were all shaking. I think everyone in that room was shaking because we, this is 508. This is what this is now. Like we, we didn't even know how this was going right. to go. So I was nervous for sure, but I was more, I think it was more generalized nerves. Like, okay, this is my first dailies I've ever presented at USC. Let's see how this goes. But yeah. Because it was, it was so impressive the way that you, it was like a combination of adamantly standing up for yourself, but not in any way that was disrespectful to anybody else, but you were just clear, this is what I wanted. And as soon as that was clear, everybody shut up. And like you said, they even said, you were glad that you stood up for yourself like that. And I, I rarely, that rarely happened again in terms of mm-hmm. like, in, in terms of if there's a interesting shot or a different shot or something that the faculty disagreed with, with people really firmly holding their ground of like, Hey, you don't like it. Sorry. This is what I wanted. CV and what do you you think about balance that that balance between like what Red said, wanting to please you? These are your professors, and you naturally want to please your professors versus holding. And of course, they're the experts, right? That's the other thing that makes it tricky. So maybe you are wrong. Maybe this isn't the right shot. But how do you think about that that balance? I think I've found a balance of okay, this is a story. This is the voice that you're trying to portray. The professors are here to at least enhance your voice, not to take away or subtract. 
I know for P2 directing, my script went through like 11th drafts, right? Either me trying to take in every note or me not trying to, I guess, not sure what to write. But I think one of my professors kind of pointed out to me saying that you took our notes, but then you ultimately made your spin on it. And I think that's what I kind of learned from this experience, like taking what they say, giving some thought to it, and then taking a step back. Okay, well, how can I make this note into my own? How can I creative make a creative choice? Right. There were some times, and I think with dailies, for example, I think there was so much pressure of, okay, Ryan Coogler's dailies was so great. And that's why he was allowed to shoot outside of LA because his dailies were great. And coming in, I was like, oh my goodness, if the dailies are not great, mm. oh my, they're going to rip you apart. You don't have a movie. But I think it was just a, a time for, let's see how the audience reacts and see how your peers and your professors and kind of pick through what notes serve your overall voice in your story. I think that's like the biggest takeaway and you're, you're not Ryan Coogler, you're, you're your own person. And those dailies promise you it would, there's always going to be change. Like from first dailies to week, second weekends, dailies, rough cuts, fine cuts. Yeah, so I wouldn't put too much pressure on myself, on anyone. Mm-hmm. And what do you think about that balance between the notes, the faculty are giving you, which can even sometimes be contradictory and trying to go for what your vision is. Yeah, I uh, I agree with both. I think I think there's a uh, there's such a there's such a nuance to accepting feedback and and I learned specifically, I mean, my 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 situation was a lot different than I think other people's because I didn't I didn't have a first set of dailies. With that situation that happened, we had to change the script. I I I had taken like Kirsten, I had 13 drafts of the father-son story that we had written, that you had read, that a lot of people had read. And like Kirsten said, I was trying to accept so much feedback that I had lost the story for myself. And the film gods recognized that. And I think the situation that came up at hand kind of made me pivot on purpose so that I had to come up with a story that was, 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 was fully born, conceived in my intuition to where I didn't have any feedback going into practical shooting was we we they got the script we rehearsed on Friday they they got the script on Friday we shot Saturday we shot Sunday our first set of dailies were on the second weekend of dailies and we had a rough cut right behind that and and I think with the specifically to the question of dailies I think the for me my my editor only put up one scene of the daily, so the story didn't make sense. And not being too bogged down when all of the professors came on my head, mm. came down on my head for blowing the idea that I should have stuck with to their opinion. It could have went two ways. It could have been like, man, I really messed up, mm. and I I could have really I could have gave up. I could have I could have just kind of went a traditional route. And I could have just this, that, and the third, but the intuition of saying this story was conceived for a reason. It, it came to me organically for a reason. This situation happened for a reason and not giving up on the idea and the concept and the story because of dailies 
and not getting bogged down by whatever feedback it was. I think I'm, I got something I'm extremely proud of. I, I got a story that I, that I'm I'm extremely satisfied with, and I don't I, I I think it's something because the story like Red taking that story and making it his, taking my story and making it mine. That situation happened because I had lost the other story with so much feedback and so much perspective that the story had disappeared from what I originally intended and, and having to create on such short notice really grounded me in something that made me feel comfortable to, to pursue in the moment and in post past the uh, negative feedback that we received in, in dailies because boy, it was negative. And I'm sure <laughs> and to adding to that point. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Please. But to adding to that point, Anne and I are in the same, were, was in the same section, red section. So I've, we've definitely gone through the process of seeing dailies and the feedback. And it was just so much, so much notes that we all were taking in. And I, I honestly believe after seeing our final films, I'm like, everybody's voice was still intact. Like going through dailies there wasn't like oh my goodness the story changed and the the director did a like a dramatic pivot and took every note and it's not what they attended like after seeing our final films like wow everybody has their distinct voice and vision and it was never compromised actually with the instinct instinct of the director as well as the faculty notes it, it enhanced everyone's story and it so I think to to Ant's point, I think we we took so much in, but I think at the end it was still like, oh, this is me. This is who I am as a feel, as a filmmaker. I kind of feel like that's one of the biggest lessons in 508, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to, of course, like just throwing you into the fire of like you have three films to make in 15 weeks do it that of course there's the production part of it but also the feedback loop (laughs) that is a huge thing how can you deal with you've got a 10 faculty and essays you have 10 advisors that work their job is to give you feedback plus 14 other students in the class giving you feedback right so that's 24 people every single week talking about your movie and saying a lot about it and i feel like you really just have to learn how to sift through it and also maintain your voice. And Ant, knowing everything that you went through in your production and with the feedback, I am reminded of a lot of other stories I heard throughout 508 with just a lot of, you had to, you really had to go through a lot to get to that final product. And I feel like that really is what 508 is about, is like, even despite all of these challenges, you still ended up making a film, not that you're, not, not that you're just proud of, but that is still uniquely yours. And like having seen it, the final product, it's just amazing to see what it, it turned out to be given everything that went down. And it's just incredible. And like you said, I feel like some of these things, as hard as it might have been, like it perhaps this had to happen, right? Perhaps this was meant to be because now you've got this, this product. I feel like even myself, you guys both had 11, 13 drafts. I only had seven, but even in those seven, I remember rewriting because of notes I was getting and you do lose the story. If you pay, if you, you, you can lose it. And when that happens, it's devastating. And it's just so nice 
to see all the finished products, like you said, Kirsten, just have everyone's unique voice in them in the end. Like, it's so nice to see that. And I just thought the screenings were such a celebration. It was just really and, and off of that and what you and Kirsten said, I think a big thing for me is that it's easy to, to, to we're, we're in such a, a non, we have to move without an ego in this medium. And me trying to remove mine and and like stuff was happening. My my car was I got my car towed, broken window. It was just a lot going on this semester. And it's easy to say, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? But then you look out and you realize that something is happening to everybody and that everybody is still working and getting the job done, even though life is really like giving it to them at the time. So what really impressed me and what really stuck out to me and what I took away from the semester that there was a lot of people who had a lot going on and still made three films. And I, I just, I have so much respect for this class. Well, not for class, but our cohort. I have so much <laughs> respect for our cohort and just some of the stories that I heard of, of pushing through and fighting adversity and fighting maybe not the best collaborators, but still getting the product done that's, that, they're, that they're proud of and whatever role they, they fit in. So I, I, I yes to everything and just yes to everybody who got through this and, and, and found a way to push through and found a way to tell a story to to express their voice. It's something to extremely be proud of, not only for ourselves, but for the people that came in with us as well. Yeah, and one thing about feedback that was really helpful to me, for me, I think I recognized this early on, I'd be curious what, what you guys think, is the most helpful feedback tended to come from the essays because they've been, they were recently where we are now, so their feedback is so well calibrated to what we can do. It's realistic. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes the faculty are so removed from where we are now that their feedback is unrealistic or not actionable. I know sometimes like we'd be in fine cut and somebody, one of the, some of the faculty might, might be complaining about a performance and it's like, well, there's, there's nothing we can do now, <laughs> you know, unless we can carve out a, a different performance in the edit, which sometimes you can do. But I found the essays, I found their feedback more helpful than the faculty. And I think CV and Red, you're both essays next semester, right? And are you an essay yes. as well? No. Okay. <laughs> so me and Ann, we would like, we want to have a little time to ourselves. You guys are, are just going to be pedal to the metal. But so... For, for current 507 students, Red and Kirsten are both essays, and I'm telling you the essay feedback is invaluable. Yeah, no, I agree. I think specifically the film that I was writing for, it's called Dorm. It's a coming age about college students. It's like kind of Gen Z audience. And I found the essays feedback helpful because they were in college and they were closer to like the pulse of what is happening in the dorms. It it wasn't a lot for me to explain about, okay, how do you feel when you're away from home? You feel anxiety. There weren't any questions about, okay, well, why is this young woman acting this way? Why, why are these two young women in the dorms? Why are they fighting over each fighting and they're bickering? And the essays were like, oh no, this is, especially the, like the female essays, like, oh no, this is, I relate to it because, oh, I had a roommate who was like that and we never got along. 
or, oh, I had a roommate. I barely saw her, but for, but then we got along at the end and they just had a, a more understanding about what the characters and sometimes with the faculty kind of being far removed and this generation is kind of different how they cope with feelings of anxiety. I think their their feedback was reassuring, like, no, everyone mm. has had some type of experience. They feel related to your characters. It's not far removed or it's not too far out that people sleepwalk, people yeah. Yeah. cope with anxiety differently. Yeah. I, I, Go I ahead. feel like the faculty, like getting notes from faculty is like asking advice from your parents and then getting notes from the essays, like talking to your cousins, siblings, or friends. It's like, it just, I, some, you want to hear what the wise parent has to say sometimes. And sometimes it's right on. Other times you're just like, this, this doesn't make sense for this. It just doesn't make sense for 508. Um, yeah. And, and there's a weird thing of, so Red and I are in the same section of sometimes, and this is just my opinion, not speaking for anybody else, but sometimes the essays, even though faculty can be like that parental figure, the essays were more mature <laughs> than the faculty and the way that they acted in class. In, in our section, we had an argument between two faculty that just kind of blew up and it was a little bit shocking, but the essays, even though they're in their mid twenties, so we're, we're more worked well, worked better together than, than the faculty in, in certain. Okay. And so, yeah, that like the, the, the feedback is well calibrated and they're just, they've been through 508. So they're even keel. I trios, let's talk trios. Actually, before we get to trios, there's, there's one other thing I had. So what I love doing, I can't recommend this enough to any student, is just being on other people's sets outside of our trios. That's tough in 508, but I was able to be on Ant's set for one day. And Ant, one of the things that you did that was real, like I was taking mental notes, you work so well with your actors. Can you just talk about your, your mindset or your philosophy of, of working with actors? It's crazy because I, it was it was madness. I think we had too much time to work with Agnes, actors when you came because we didn't have a AD that weekend. Mm -hmm. And so kind of uh, me trying to keep myself on track, but also manicure the relationship that my, me and my actors had was just a lot. And we lost track of time and went over well over what we was, was supposed to, to go. But as far as that process itself, I think it's just understanding process. As 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 somebody who you know, as a director, we're not we're we're not. I think what was it quote herding cattle? It's mm -hmm. not. It's not what we're doing. We're not. We're not dragging our team across the finish line. We're behind trying to push everybody forward. And I think you, you don't. It's not. It's, it doesn't have to be a race. It doesn't have to be a race because as a director, you set the pace, and you're a vibe. You're a vibe setter. So. I think setting a vibe so that your actors can be comfortable enough to be vulnerable enough to be somebody else and take on these emotions is 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 part of the process. And then from there is just understanding how they worked, how they work. And that's where I'm kind of getting with now. Like Nigel and, and Blessing, my two actors, work two different ways. And understanding their process allowed me, like beforehand, and doing my research on who they are getting to know them outside of the film, which was the biggest thing, letting them know kind of my 
vulnerability toward the project and 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 what the story means to me first so that they can be in a safe space for themselves you know know that this is a safe space because they've seen me open up right and 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 kind of just go from there and just ask asking them questions doing research on the projects that they've been with luckily enough let, that I, I let me ask you a question about that and so working with so you you had a two-hander basically so working with nigel and blessing what's an example of a way you might interact with nigel versus blessing based on their process and how they work specifically for those two is, is what you're asking right yeah uh, i always think they, specific examples are good yeah no doubt uh, i want to pay respect to their crafts and their their process so i'm gonna keep it kind of surface level but i'm gonna, I'm gonna let it i'm gonna let it flow a little bit but uh and blessing can probably speak to i mean greg can probably speak to blessing as well but i feel like and it's and i love both processes i think both processes are unique in itself but blessing is set up objective set up a question set up a an image and just let them roll it's just a really quick and and really really quick conversation and if it's not right all right cool give me give me another question ob objective or a uh, image that, that kind of aligns differently than what you just saw and I'll, I'll i'll fix everything around it and i'll try stuff and you like it cool we'll keep going off of this if not i'll try something else so me being a football player a former football player a former athlete giving somebody an objective for a goal is easy to a certain degree but for nigel it was more of a kind of emotional journey that we had to take together where it was like i had to emotionally kind of tend to the moment and and tend to what that moment means for the character and and kind of connect with him connect with the story connect with the space that we in emotionally because he's such a he needs to feel it and i think if you saw the film you you could see in his eyes how much feeling it paid off for him in certain moments and certain beats that he took by internalizing the process a little bit differently than than blessing as far as the articulation it took to get there. So that that's where that's where it was there was two different processes. One was like, let's get it, let's go, let's run to the goal. And the other one was like, I want to talk about the goal. Let's 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 have a conversation on what what the goal is so I can internalize it for myself, which I I I, I thought was a beautiful learning lesson for me. And I, I could personally I, I personally take it as I've 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 we done champ we've won championships with football. I've had accolades. This experience of being in the moment with those two actors was one of the best experiences I've had in my life because of how their processes made me feel. I still got the rush from living into my intuition and being in the moment and being competitive toward telling the best story. But I got to do that and and use my emotions at the same time, which was a beautiful thing. And I, I thank those guys for for that experience. Awesome. Right. And, and like you said, there's no right or wrong answer for P1, P2 or P3. There's with directing, there's so many paths up the mountain, right? There's no yeah. right or wrong path. And that's what was really eye opening for me. Because like Kirsten, I'm a former teacher, so like I like everything organized to a T, like set time, da 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 as soon as we get all set, da, da. and I remember being on your set and I was like, so this, it's more laid back and the way you would interact with the actors, just a little side conversation here, side conversation there, da da, and, and I even remember, and you like, we, we'll go again? Like not even, okay, take take four, let's do it. But it's just like, hey, you know, we'll go again? And I remember thinking, 
it was so it's such a nice vibe on set and such a relaxed but productive vibe i was like i want to see how this translates into performance and the performances on screen were incredible yeah. it's, it's to, to me it's 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 a really like i know i can't be stressed out like you guys have seen me i like now I have I have somebody who I work with as an AD who I love and that keeps me on schedule and the third, but scheduling is not my strong suit. Like, 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 like I cannot work well with constraints. That's just not me. And 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 they say there's a specific way to do things. It's just not. I I just gotta talk. If you were a grip on set, mm-hmm. and conversation eases me into a moment where I can listen. And if I'm listening to a grip, if I'm listening to a PA, it's going to be easy for me to listen to, to actors. So I, I need to be cool, calm, and comfortable for, for my environments, which might not be the best for some people, but usually for my actors and the vibe itself, being calm kind of resonates throughout a crew and calm provides the best work in my in my opinion. So that's what I, what I require. Ray came on my set last semester and was like, <laughs> no. That's we not, need to that's go. Not, we need to go. Get on <laughs> I was on answer. I agree. It was different than how I run my set, <laughs> but it's not in a bad way. I was also inspired. I was inspired. Honestly, it made, I think Aunt, what you do a great job of, and I honestly was trying to emulate in my own way on set was you create an environment that even despite the camera, the lights, the whatever is going on, this is a moment and we are creating art together. And I was very impressed by that. Now, were you a little lax on the time? Yeah, you were. You, Just you a had, little red? You had me trying to do a little AD work. I'm like, <laughs> all right, that's all right. Sir. And that's that. But I was very inspired at how... Yes. It was just we were creating art and it in I feel like everyone on set also felt that. Like that you brought that energy and you created that environment in a way I had not experienced before and it was inspiring. So Well, I want to ask you a question if it's okay with Ben. Of course. Uh, because this 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 art form requires us to find that organic process and, and what works best for us. And it doesn't matter like like I know how I work is completely different from how you may work and we're still working on a high level either way it goes. I wanted to ask how is it been with you two at least or all three? How's it been finding your organic process that what which process works best for you within 508? Oh, I would say I'm always a vis- I'm a visual person. I like to write things down and to I start off the day or the night before writing out, okay, what is today's agenda? What is that we need to get done? I'm probably I'm the opposite of you, and I like schedules. <laughs> but but yeah, I think just kind of it helps me organize my thoughts and or prioritize what needs to be done first as to kind of having things like in the back of in my head kind of scattered. Yeah, I think just prioritizing what needs to be done and just ways to communicate that to your team to your trio I, I work best when there's a little bit of structure but I also pride myself on just being flexible in the moment and just adapting to situations and 
like, okay, we need to, 508 is also about pivoting because everything is not always set in stone, but okay, what can we do plan B wise, plan C wise? But I think we talked a lot about, about faculty's feedback when it comes to dailies, but a lot of, I've found useful is the faculty's feedback when you're in pre-production and during those green light meetings and trio meetings. Okay. I, there was a particular case where for P1, I was producing and we had puppetry. We had to deal with noise of USC's first football game on set. We have to deal with like parking. Okay. Well, how are they going to park when everybody's on campus tailgating and everything is full? And so the faculty was able to help me kind of break down like, okay, this is what you need to prioritize first. Have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? What about the logistics of this? Why don't you change your, your flow of the day differently so that your, your cast and crew can get on campus instead of them trying to figure out where to go when there's a game and now you're behind schedule because the excitement and the noise. So yeah, I think the faculty has been instrumental helping me guiding that process, but just thinking through logistics and how to put things together. Um, mm. So having, having it scheduled, having logistics that yeah. allows you to kind of relax a little bit and focus right. on what you want to focus on that day. Right. Red, what about you? What, what do you prioritize in the process? I feel the same. I'm well, like, I'm all about prep. Like when we get on set, we don't need, the only thing that needs to be figured out and I'm putting that in air quotes is I guess nuance and performance mm -hmm. but even then we had rehearsal you know what I'm saying so uh, for me I there's there is no limit to the amount of preparation you can do mm -hmm. um when I'm on set for me I just it's tasks I'm like we've got like in my mind, there's the shot list. In order to get this shot done, we have to have this light here. We need to do it. I'm just thinking of every single step that needs to happen in order for the shot to happen. And so I am all about like what allows me to relax is the amount of prep that I do. And I can't, I'm just not going to get on set and not, there's, there's no figuring out. I, I'm not doing that. That's not, that's just not right, going right. to it's stressful when I'm on someone else's set and it's like, oh, I didn't think about that. And I'm kind of like, why? Yeah, it just doesn't yeah. make sense to me. Yeah. Uh, I also, I fell in love with filmmaking through editing. That's definitely what I have the most amount of experience in is editing. And so the beauty of that, I think of like coming into pre-production with a lot of post-production experience is that you, if you always have the final product in mind, you know every single thing that has to happen in order for the final shot to, to look and feel and sound the way you want. And so I think a lot of, there's like, for me, there's like filmmaking, which is the technical aspects of the camera, the lights, the this, the that, the movie magic, more, more or less. There's the filmmaking, and then there's like the art of performance, and you have to find a way to merge the two. I find them to be two very different things. Filmmaking, I don't think is, and I think that's why I was so inspired by Ant Set is because I feel like when I was on Ant Set, there was so much of the the art. And I was like, yes. that is what I yeah. want to be able to really hone in on when I'm on set. 
because I know my default is the logistics, is the filmmaking, the technical aspects of checking every single box to get to the point that I want to get. I was lucky in 508 to have incredible actors who took my notes quickly, like you said, and I, I completely agree. Blessing is really good at like, you give him a note and he's quick. He makes quick adjustments and we keep it pushing. And I think all of my actors were good at that, but I'm so focused on the time. I'm so focused on the next literal tasks that need to be done. And so I I think I just want to focus more on the on the art. But to answer your question what my process is all about prep i want when i get to set it's just a matter of we've already we already know what's going to happen let's just get it done right and and another benefit of that is as whatever stuff happens on set comes up on whatever problems pop up on set the more you have like that checklist the more you can devote brain space to to solving problems for for me the things that i prioritize one, there's something that Red just said towards the end there of, I, I have to know the theme, like the one word theme of my story. So for my story, the one word is acceptance. And that kind of allows me to have a, a an anchor for any question that comes up, whether it's performance or even set design or whatever. I, I always default, okay, how does this tie into acceptance? And then for me, like the number one thing I embrace in the process or I prioritize in the process is iteration. So in, in pre-production, that screenplay, like just constantly iterating, getting notes, iterating. And then on in production, what I wish I'd done more of. So this is another piece of advice for, for 507s. I wish I'd asked for more different takes from my actors. Like this one, you're a little more nervous. This one, you're a little more angry just because in editing that just it gives you more options and more iterations and then editing like red editing is my jam and that's where you can just iterate and iterate and iterate and hopefully improve it with each with each iteration the other thing for me if possible i love to get to set before anybody else and just sit there and just look around take some breaths relax before all the questions start happening. Because when you're directing, it's just endless questions. Even when I was DP, I, I got to set before everybody else and just kind of sat there and like looked around and, and got a little more comfortable in the space. I right, last topic, trios. So what was, I think most surprising for me is the social aspect, the social dynamics, the interaction aspect of 508 and you're just with your trio all the time in those interactions. And I don't think, I did not do a good job with those interactions. And so that was like the biggest surprise and for me, my biggest mistake. And so that, what are your thoughts about the process of working with trios in such a potentially pressurized environment and what, what worked well for working with others? Yeah, I think what my trio did, we, I knew one of my trio mates from last semester of being in 507 together in our other trio mate, we had to like reintroduce ourselves and just kind of get an understanding of our, what our strengths and areas of growth. So, I mean, right of way, we wanted to like 
social bond. So every week we kind of chose a movie that we were interested in watching and we watched that movie together and talk about it later on and then kind of go out to eat and just to break the ice. I mean, throughout this process, I learned what makes, I guess, our trio, some of our trios, what are they really good at? And what is the area's growth and what buttons you can and cannot push? Like I know some of like one of my trio mates, he's like a morning person. Don't bring up stuff unless it's really important. But okay, if he's not the type of person that can figure it out or handle that at 12 midnight, and you know that that person is best functioning at 6 a.m., 7 a.m., okay, let's do that instead. Instead of, I'm a morning person too. And yep, and, and knowing, okay, if you're a little bit more organized, if you're a little bit more unsure about something, be communicative about what it is. And I learned so much of like talking things out. And I think all of us in our trio learning to be direct as to what is working and what we need from each other. Good stuff. It's mm-hmm. so funny hearing you say that, Kirsten. That, like, I'm also a morning person, and I, <laughs> trio mate, <laughs> didn't care. We just didn't yeah. care and would text me at like 1.30, you need this. And I was like, God, it's just, it's just <laughs> funny hearing you say that because, yeah. anyway. But I think that kind of speaks to the most important thing being in a trio is this is a team. 508 is a team game like that is not there's there's no there it is very much a team effort you have to think of everything you do and how that's going to impact the other two people that are making this film so I feel like well I completely lost my train of thought I just feel like with my trio um, besides the team oh my goodness wait I'm sorry I, I had I had something prepared but I'm I'm completely blanking and I'm gonna pass it off to you I'll come back. Okay. Hopefully I don't blank you. But maybe you, 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 your memory jogged on because twins, we got the telepathy. So we'll figure out. I, for me, like I said, I, I, I need to, my process to be, and I, I agree, I think preparation is, is the only thing that is like, allows me to be kind of free in, in my moments. And so that when I'm, when I'm, when I'm on set or I'm on somebody's idea or whatever I'm on I'm all the way on it you got my full undivided attention and I think like I, I'm I, I, I'm social but I also need my time away I, I need that escape I need that I can't be all about 508 that's just that's just not how it's gonna work out and I expressed that to my my classmates and they my trio mates and they understood that from jump that he needs to get away, but when he's here, he's gonna get the work done. And it's just, it's literally just about understanding process. Once they understood my process and that, that I'm geared toward just productivity, just being productive in in ways that might not be conventional, but they, they had no nothing but trust toward my work ethic and what was required of me. But we also, as far as relationship, we also kept everything toward geared toward productivity. And I hear about other trios going out to movies and bowling and hit doing this, that, and the third. We we really didn't do any of that. We didn't do any of it, to be honest. We we met up for lunch at the beginning of the semester, kind of just got on the same page. And uh, yeah, we, we we expressed that that's how we operate. All Both of my trios operated, both of my trio mates operated the same way, where they like their space. They like their 
their their time away and they were going to work hard when it was time to get together and get everything that we need but we weren't pressed to spend a lot of social time outside of class together and i think that didn't put any pressure on the relationships that we had on set or the relationships we had when it came to collaborating because not saying that it needs to be that but at the end of the day we're making movies that's the, the goal of the class and the priority of the class is to make a film we put that first we put each other's feelings first before any of that and it giving each other space time and the ear when needed but other than that it was it was all about productivity and i think understanding our processes geared us toward being the most productive that we could have been and and yeah i i have no no complaints they were extremely cool they were both chinese so like there was a cultural barrier that we had to overcome but i think the empathy of saying i need my space i this is how i work this is how i think we should work and each people give each person giving their voice and being heard in 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 other trio makes being empathetic toward what they just heard i think really helped us out and allowed us to to find a, a process that worked for all of us and and i think i'm very proud of the work that we put in so process understanding process nice red any okay i i do remember okay this is kind of a hot take uh oh well i just kind of only kind of i i do like trying to be friends with the people i'm working with i also knew like you Kirsten i knew one of my trio mates prior to 508 and that was exciting but they had expressed concern you kind of like working with friends isn't always the best thing it's true. It is true. There, there are so many examples of friendships breaking down once you introduce work, right? Like that's why you keep personal and professional separate often. And so we didn't do a lot of social events like Kirsten, the fact that y'all were a movie a week and dinner, that's crazy. Every single week. I'm oh, not every single dinner, but like over the summer, we did like movie suggestions and we we watch separately, but we it. always, yeah. I love that. I love, yeah. I think it's, and I, and I heard your speeches and you guys all seem very fond of each other and the work that you guys did was incredible. And that's, I also, I like that. And so we didn't necessarily have a lot of things, but I did have them over for dinner once. And I think one thing that's important to me is that like, I'm just the kind of person where if I'm going to be around you every day, which is how it is in 508, you're around these two people all the time. Like I want to be friendly. I'm not going to be I'm not just going to be professional or I, not professional, not that I'm unprofessional, but it's more like, I'm not just going to be a worker, right? Like we are real people making arts. Like you said, and feelings are going to come first. So I want us to be comfortable enough to be vulnerable with each other. And I think what my trio did a really good job of is using our time that we were together to also like, all right, we're working, working, working. Let's go get some food and let's just talk and let's turn off work for this 20 minutes. Let's take a break from the work and just check in on each other and like mingle the social time in with the professional time as well. And so, and yeah, we also, you, I don't, you guys know my trio mates. I got Shireen and Stella. I mean, we are making a comedy. So it's like, you, you wanna, you wanna have fun. You gotta, it's gotta be light. And that kind of levity helps with the stress and the heaviness of the pressure of 508. You want to find some time to just 
let it breathe, just laugh and just get through. And so I think that's something that works really, really well with our trio. And we just had a lot of fun. We're making TikToks. We would, it's just, just fun stuff. Just throwing in those things help us stay motivated. The other thing though, with trios that was a a surprising lesson to learn. I didn't think I would have an issue with this, but I very much did towards the beginning. Starting out as a P1 director is is great because you get to set the tone, but you got to learn how to stay in your lane. It's an important thing in 508. There is a time that you're going to be the director. There's a time that you're going to be the producer or sound, or sound recordist. And there's a time you're going to be the cinematographer. And each of those roles look very different on set. Yes, it's a collaborative environment, but I think one thing I had to learn going into that first week of P2, and I and I and I learned it quick. I was checked real quick, was just stay in your lane. Like you you might have thoughts. And if I'm being asked about a performance, if I'm being asked about what did you think of my directing, what did you think of, then you give that. But there's also you just have to learn, you gotta let people figure it out. And I think there was a lot of times on set where it's just hard to be on set and watch someone make a decision you may not make. But instead of jumping in, like, what if you did this? But it's, I had to learn to just let me respect their process. And it always worked out. That's the thing. It always worked out. I'm just the kind of person where I'm like, this could be better if we did this. And so I very quickly just, let's take a step back. This is not my lane this is not my role at this time and i think that also is an important thing to remember with your trio is just stay in your lane help when asked for and it just as long as it's and i feel like that was made easier by having open communication we had a good social relationship like it was very fluid and so yeah 100 percent, and being aware of what your role is in each of those mp1 that's that's key Okay, let's end with some specific pieces of advice for incoming 508s. So I'll, I'll start, got a couple. I think one, especially after the screenings, so all 60 films were screened this weekend. I think, for lack of a better word, I think telling an internal story where it's primarily just one character doing something I think that's really tricky. That's really hard to pull off. And it's asking a lot for an actor. Actors need people to react off of. And so starting out, my advice would be, obviously, do what you're motivated to do. But I think telling primarily an internal story with primarily one one actor on screen, trying trying to emote and, and express things. I think that's really tricky. And I think it's it's helpful for your actor to have to have another actor to act with. So that's a story, a story suggestion. I think for me, if I could have one extra person on set, it would be a script supervisor. I think having just really clean notes for each of the takes is so helpful. And then what I would do is in between setups, I would have the script supervisor log all the notes into an Excel doc, and then after, at, before lunch, pop the card into the computer, right, link the footage, and then have the script supervisor transfer those notes into, the, into Avid, and then denote, we had a color scheme, denote by color what the best take was. So now when you sit down to edit, like you've got everything organized, and you know what the best takes are for each of your takes, each of your scenes. 
So script supervisor is huge. And we had like fantastic, just undergrad freshman script supervisors that just picked it up immediately. And then the other two things, one is I wish I had shot more inserts. Inserts are the first thing to go when you're on set because they're not as important, obviously, as performance, but they're so important in the edit, especially when you need to link scenes or get out of something faster than you thought you were. Having really good inserts to cut to is can save you in the edit. And then lastly, I think embrace limitations. And USC, I think, does not handle this well because they, they give you all these rules and guidelines and then that's it. Like no one's checking, no one, I, I, I don't know that any of us, let me not speak for anybody else, but to the absolute letter of the law, did I follow all the, all the rules and guidelines? No, there's always something here or there that, that you're skipping over or not doing. But I think, I think that's a problem actually. I think that we have to fully embrace the limitations we're given because that's part of making art, that's part of making movies is embracing the constraints. And I, I feel like, you know, USC has given us all these facilities or we're paying for all these facilities and incredible equipment and, and faculty that have worked in the industry and so forth. And there's like this lip service that's given to here are the constraints under which you must make this film. And then that's it. And then no one's checking. And so just general advice, embrace the limitations and, and that's part of the process of making a movie. So those are my my thoughts, my suggestions. Yeah, Who wants to go would, next? Oh, I can say I would say be a team player. Beginning of the semester, the one of the pieces of advice they said, don't think it is your film. Think of it as our film. Not about me or like, oh, when I get to direct, then I'll be in charge and then I'll give it my all. Give it your all for every single film because 508 is just not a class, but this is more of your future collaboratives and word spread. And these are people who will be working in the industry for years to come. So always be a team player. Another thing is to trust your instinct and your voice. I think one of the blessings of 508 is that I've, I've found that. And so be open to of trying something new, but also realizing, hey, I really like these stories. I connect to these types of stories. And then finally, just find ways to have fun in the moment. It's stressful. There's a lot of pressure, but... Don't get boggled down if, if this is not perfect, but just take every step as I'm learning, I'm having fun and find time to, to take in everything. And it's life outside of that. I would agree with all that. Honestly, I, the script super, that's going to save your life. Uh, we didn't, your sounds pretty involved, Ben. We just had someone on set who just shot one A, take one didn't like it because this happened and then we just yep. check mark next to the ones and even that saved me hours when you're we doing the dailies but i have to reiterate what kirsten said be a team player be a team player be a team player you're on a team this is not there i was going to say there's no iron film that's not true there's no iron movie that's not true there's no iron 508 that's not true but <laughs> you know what i mean you know what i'm saying it's a team effort so just think about that it is i mean that's really what it comes down to. You are with this these two people every single day. And so if you want to start being selfish, that's going to, it's just the whole attitude of your whole experience. Like 508, unfortunately, does get by like the middle of P2, it's your whole life, right? Your whole life by week six of that semester is 508. 
And so you got to just be thinking about these two people who are not just your teammates, but they're your support system, right? Like you should be able to, or at least you should hope to be able to lean on them in ways because they're, they're in it with you. And then you've heard it before. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Just keep it simple. I even as we started doing a couple meetings with our incoming 508 students as an essay. And, oh, can we do this? Can we do that? I'm like, sure, you can do all these things, but does it make sense for your story, right? It doesn't have to be, you don't have to pull out all the stops to tell a good story. That's just not the case. The story is the king. So maybe that piece of equipment isn't necessary. Is the script good, right? Just capture a good performance and you're going to move an audience so keep it simple story is king and be a team player love it and that's all great all great advice and i but to, to second would be to just reiterate how great of advice i think keeping it simple is is probably something that i would say but the the the, the fine line through all of it i think and i'll be concise because it's that simple but fine balance mm. and uh, we said it in 507 it's the same thing that goes through 508. And I think it's something that's going to be kind of important through the rest of our careers to find balance. And I think those people who 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 harp on it will be the people who make it through 508 and with their with their brains still intact. So find balance. I love it. Love it. What do each of you which track you want to pursue going forward? Yes. Cinematography. Okay. And cinematography, Kirsten? Producing slash directing. Nice. Red? Directing cinematography. Nice. And I think for me, it's editing. Editing, directing. All right. This was fantastic as always. It's it's so great to just have a chance to have a conversation with with the three of you because it's so, it's, I mean, it's crazy that it has to be on a podcast, but uh, it's so, 508 is so busy. And now we finally get a chance to catch our breaths for incoming 508 students. Hope this was helpful. And maybe let's do this again next semester and, and see what, what that was like, the after 508 experience. If people want to find you, social media, if you want to share that, where can they find you? Kirsten? They can find me on Instagram at Kirsten Vanderbilt, C-H-I-R-S-T-E-N underscore Vanderbilt. Fantastic. Red? You can find me on Instagram at Red Coltrane. That's red, like the color, but with two Ds. And Coltrane, C-O-L-T-R-A-N-E. Nice. And Ant? You got that on, on lock. Red with two colors. <laughs> I'm mad at it. I'm mad at it. A-Rob Films on Instagram. A-R-O-B Films, like the movies, one S on Instagram. So, yeah. You need Fantastic. Fantastic. And any further questions, just, just follow any of us and, and hit us up. All right. Thank the three of you so much. This was fantastic and enjoy your well-earned holiday. Thanks, man. See you. Happy holidays. All right. Okay. See you in January. Bye. Bye. So that's the wrap up USC first year. Hope you enjoyed it. You can find all my work at benbo.substack.com. Benbo is a family nickname, B-E-N-B-O. And all my work is at benbo.substack.com. Have a great day.